Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm so glad to be able to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show. You know, our mission is all about you, about serving you, empowering you with knowledge that allows you to make better financial decisions in your life. I've already started getting questions here in September about buying travel for Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. How and when? Well, I got some key data to share with you that's been number crunched. And later, medical bill shock was supposed to go away, but people are still shocked by their medical bills. We're going to talk about that, what you might do if you get a bill that just seems way too high. We'll discuss it. So I shared with you in late July, early August, that domestic airfares are actually going down. And I recently helped my daughter find a fare from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C., and the fare, shockingly, was $208 round trip. And it wasn't on Spirit or Frontier. It was on a regular airline just over 200 round trip. And I bought a ticket to go to the West Coast to see my daughter in LA. My fare was $94 each way to go coast to coast. I mean, the fares that have been so ridiculously high with the wave of what was called revenge travel, the fares are settling down. And I think people who had flight credits they were using up and things like that, that that era has passed and we're moving into the slow travel season anyway. But when you start thinking about travel for Thanksgiving and Christmas, I mean, Thanksgiving is the most expensive time to travel every year. You think about the Tuesday and Wednesday before Thanksgiving, Sunday and Monday after, I mean, it's just unconscionably expensive. But the demand is there. So what do you do about that? First, Google owns so much of the database that the airline industry uses for fares, and they have massive historical data. And so Google, every late summer, puts out with their predictive analysis when the cheapest time is for you to buy Thanksgiving travel, cheapest time for you to buy Christmas travel. And so This is something I want you to look at two ways. First, for Thanksgiving, right around the 1st of October is what Google's predictive analysis database says is going to be the point of lowest fares likely, not certainly, but likely for Thanksgiving travel. But let's go back to something I've been saying every year as long as I've been talking about travel going back, well, 40 plus years, 
is that if you can avoid those four days at Thanksgiving, the fair picture gets so much better. If you can avoid flying that Tuesday or Wednesday before, the Sunday and Monday after, move your travel around somewhat, you're going to get a better deal, period. At Christmas travel, Google's predictive tools say roughly 10 weeks out of whenever you're traveling Christmas, New Year's, that's when you're going to get the best deals. So if you can use the calendar to your advantage when you book, 10 weeks out, we're talking mid-October, basically, for Christmas travel. So for Thanksgiving travel, right around the 1st of October, for Christmas travel, around mid-October is going to be what's going to help you a lot with shopping for those airfares. This year, the travel patterns for Christmas, New Year's are more difficult to save money because Christmas Day is a Monday. New Year's Day is obviously a Monday, seven days later. And when Christmas and New Year's are around the weekend, on the weekend, they're on Friday, they're on Monday, you tend to have fares that spike right around then because the travel is not as spread out. When Christmas, New Year's are on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the fares tend to be much lower in those years because when people travel is much more spread out. So your mission, if you decide to accept it, as you shop for fares for Christmas and New Year's, is use one of the fair search calendars and widen your scope of days that would be acceptable for you to go as you're looking for the best deal for where you're going. The calendar is both your friend and your enemy. I want it to be your friend. And uh, if you missed our podcast the last couple of days, Krista's out this week, so Grace is here with us. Hello. Great to have you, Grace. I assume you've got some travel questions for me. I do. I started off talking about buying the cheapest tickets. We have one here from Matthew in Ohio. Hello, Clark. First of all, huge fan. Thanks for being a a positive influence in my life. I started listening to you back in the 90s, and I can say without a doubt that you have helped me save hundreds and thousands of dollars. In fact, my net worth is now over $1 million. Wow. My family and I are planning a trip to Europe, and we are all in an agreement that we will go where the deals are, like you suggested. Our plans are to go for one week in early May 2024. When should we start seriously looking for flight deals? Normally, I was going back to the Google predictive. Google says 10 weeks out is likely the lowest point for travel to Europe. The reality is, though, I'm already seeing this fall deals on airfare to Europe that include the month of May. So I would say that it's good for you to start paying attention now. Now, Europe, you've got so many destinations. What I would suggest is you use kayak.com slash explore, where from the departure airports that work for you, Where you live in Ohio, I mean, you've got Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, the three C's are all 
depending on where you are in Ohio, it's probably manageable to go to any of those for a flight to Europe. And on Kayak Explore, you can pull up a map of Europe, put in the month of May, and see what the cheapest fares are right now that are posted out of the three of them to anywhere in Europe based on Kayak's database. And that will give you a wider field. Like you might be thinking, hey, you know, I'd really love to go. It'd be fun to go to England, but there might be a great deal to Edinburgh in Scotland or Manchester or Birmingham, England or whatever. And so you get that kind of feel when you look on Kayak Explore where you widen your search for deals that you didn't expect. And the deals pop up to so many places, so many different times. I will tell you the cheapest airport pretty much by a good distance for travel to Europe, and I shared this recently, is New York for travel to Europe. And it can many times, like living in Ohio, it might be better for you to buy one ticket from Ohio to the New York metro area and then a separate ticket from New York to wherever you might end up in Europe next May. And it just depends on whether the savings are enough to make it worth putting up with flying on one airline potentially at one fare to get to New York, making sure you get there early enough, hopefully the day before, do some sightseeing in New York so you don't have danger of missing your over-the-water flight. But there are lots of ways for you to save money doing this. As far as tracking fares to individual markets, I love google.com slash flights or hopper as my two favorite tools. Grace? We have one from Brendan. I am an American Airlines Advantage member, and I'm just starting to fly again since before COVID. Apparently, I had over 17,000 miles that expired. I received an offer to reactivate those miles for $225. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Wow, how generous American Airlines is. Come on. What can I do with these miles, and is it worth it? I honestly don't have any idea how American Airlines program works, and I'm looking for an advice so you can give me. All right, so $225 to reinstate $17,000. Advantage miles you already earned is a complete and utter and total ripoff. $225 would virtually always be better spent just buying the cheapest ticket you can find to where you're going. It would have to be an unusual circumstance that buying those 17,000 points would be worth it, then in turn redeeming for a flight somewhere. Don't bother. Just Kiss those 17,000 points goodbye. This is from Clem in Virginia. Clark talked about his convoluted ways of booking travel, even mentioned how it would look if he had a video camera behind him to see all the windows. Well, how about it? I'd love to see the progress Clark goes through to find a great deal on travel, including all the sites, how he compares, and et cetera. I want to see that too, Clark. You think I will, so? I think we'll do great on our social media. You don't think people would be bored to tease? No, just a picture saying, looking at all the, your screen would be fun. So funny thing is uh, we're going to Europe this fall and I always talk about how you reshop rental cars. So I was reshopping rental cars last night and I had so many different windows open that the windows on my computer looked like little tiny specks. <laughs> 
And then I was losing my way going back to different, different ones and finding things. So it's very tedious doing what I do, looking for hotels, looking for airfare, looking for car rentals, how I shop for cruise rates and all that. But I guess we could do that. We might have to do some time lapse because it might be a way that people just pass out out of boredom. <laughs> but Maybe yeah. just a picture. But it would take really, to really show it, it would be almost like an instructional video because I'd have to explain why I went to this place, what I liked about it, what I didn't, why I shopped this other place. And the car rental thing is a perfect example of where people's patterns work against them. When people are taking a trip that involves a car rental, they almost always book the car rental at the same time they book their flight, which often is way far in advance. Car rental companies don't know exactly what demand's going to be. And so I find that more than 90% of the time, but not 100% of the time, when I reshop the car rental, I almost always get a lower price reshopping later. Same thing for hotels as well. So noted, and we'll see if we can figure out a interesting, compelling way to do just what you asked for to show the way I get it done. This one is from Diane in Colorado. This is in response to your comment about getting a better price on flights already booked on Southwest. You don't have to search for new flights, then cancel and rebook. Simply go to your reservation and select change near the top right side of your screen. A new page will pop out showing your reservation. Select the flight to might want to change and next page will show you the difference between the price you pay and the new offerings plus or minus. You can select a new flight or price from there. The system has already completed completed the comparisons for you. The difference will be credit to your account. Happy flying. Diane, you are right almost 100%. My experience is that if all I want to do is have a lower fare on the flight I'm already booked on on Southwest, they don't show any change in fare, even if I know the fare has gone down on that flight. On all other flights that day to where I'm going, they'll show plus or minus. And I'll see how much money I'll save by changing to a different flight that day. But if I want to keep the same flight, my experience is they won't give me the savings unless I do a new booking. So maybe that's changed. I'm going to go check now that you brought this to my attention. And I'll see if maybe that's old information that they made me do extra work to get the lower fare on an already existing booking for the same flight. And fares do move all the time. Travel prices move dynamically even within the same day. And that's why I shop, reshop, reshop again because I want to squeeze every penny out of my travel dollars. I've had a lot of people say to me, isn't this a waste of time? I mean, isn't your time worth something? And what I always say when it comes to saving money, my time is worth nothing. Coming straight ahead, something where the cost can be just mind-blowing, medical bills and especially anything involving a hospital. We're going to talk about that straight ahead. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Surprise medical bills are a continuing problem, and hospital costs have been going up far, far more than any other part of medicine. In fact, doctors, their bills as a percent of health care, tiny. The cost of prescription drugs as high as they are, a tiny part of medical costs. Overwhelmingly, it's the hospital's. As hospitals have tried to eliminate competition in metro areas, hospitals aren't trying to become big national behemoths. They're trying to own a local area, have enough control of hospital beds, medical practices, and various ancillary facilities that they operate both as feeders for the hospital and as billing machines for the hospitals. And so medical bills are becoming a massive concern that even people who have health insurance end up with balanced bills from hospitals they can't afford to pay. And hospital bills are legendarily inaccurate. Well, there's a tool you have available to you that almost no one uses. And when I talked about the No Surprises Act recently, I neglected to mention it, and I was reading a Kiplinger article, and I was like, why did I forget this? But if you know you're going to have medical services at a hospital, and you know more than three days in advance, you have a right to something that hospitals hate Hate, hate, hate. They don't want you to know this, and that's my bad for forgetting to tell you. But if you're having a scheduled hospital stay, not an emergency, but scheduled stay, you have the right to a good faith estimate if you're going in uninsured. Because we've got so many tens of millions of people who have no health coverage, the hospital has to give you a good faith estimate of what your hospital stay, your care is going to cost, as long as you request it three or more days in advance, and you are not required to pay, as long as you contest the bill, more than $400 above that. So if a hospital tells you, yeah, your stay is going to be ten grand," and so you're like, okay, And remember, you don't have insurance, so you're preparing for that. 
however you're going to pay for it. And then you go in the hospital and then they bill you 20 grand, which happens all the time. That'll just grow and grow and grow that bill. The hospital is only allowed to collect from you 10,400 if you dispute it. So the estimate is really valuable for those among us who need hospital care and go in without insurance. But most of the problems are for people with insurance. And as we've heard feedback from person after person after person, you get hit with a massive bill that just makes no sense for a hospital stay. You ask for a full itemized bill. The hospitals are going to stonewall you on it because they don't want you to know that they billed you for this, that, or the other. But you want that bill. You demand it in writing if they're not cooperating. And if it's a monster bill, you can hire. There are people who understand medical billing and coding. You can hire someone to go through the bill and pay him or her to figure out what's accurate, what's not. Because once you're past insurance, even when insurance pays, you could still have this really big bill you shouldn't have. Now, I know that I cast aspersions on the hospital systems. It's clearly, I do. I don't like what's happened in the industry that they all pretend they're nonprofits and then do a lot of things that are behaving badly. At the same time, hospitals save lives. The doctors, the medical professionals there who work so hard night and day, every day of the year to save people's lives. This isn't about that. This is about what's going on on the money side of it. And the administrators that are making three, five, eight, or more million dollars a year. While the workers in that hospital are struggling, many of them struggling to pay their bills. The whole psychology of hospitals has changed. And that's why it's hand-to-hand combat. So let's say these big bills are coming and you're not feeling so hot. You're not able to advocate for yourself. You need that friend or family member who becomes your advocate at that time to fight for the information about your bill, to do what you can about it. And Grace, this is an onion you kept peeling. There's so many layers to it. You have a question for me yes. about that right yeah, away. Yeah, we have one from Christina in Florida. I had a hysterectomy and my doctor thought it was best to stay an extra day instead of one in the hospital. Insurance denied a second day of stay. It was appealed and it went to arbitration, then to a third party. The third party also denied. What can I do next? I was just following doctor's order. So this is big money for an additional night in a hospital This is not the hospital's bad. This is the insurance company not respecting the doctor's professional judgment. And the thing with the arbitration, the arbitration panels are so often stacked decks. I call them kangaroo courts because the arbitrators only work if they find for the establishment that's paying them, which in this case would be the insurance company. If the amount fits within the limits of small claims court in your state and you have a right to sue them after the arbitration determination that's what you do next 
if you do not have a right to go to small claims court under the insurance contract that you have for health insurance, then what you do is the big bad hospital I was just talking about, you seek out the hospital patient advocate or the hospital social worker. Hospitals have usually someone who is one or the other of those. And you see if they can get a reduction of the bill for you because of the cost involved and it being too large for you. And maybe the hospital can work for you at reducing that bill, maybe not. But the key is going to be small claims court. Because if you have a clear opinion from the doctor that an additional night in your situation was necessary, that should be respected. The insurer in their kangaroo court arbitration is not going to respect that. So that's why you go the additional step unless it's prohibited. This one is from Brett in Ohio. Most wise Clark, my three adult kids recently gave to me $99 subscription to StoryWorth, which is a service to help you capture and chronicle lifelong historical experiences. It seems like a great idea to ask one question a week about a life experience and then the year after, so on. I really like the idea since it brings structure to a legacy goal and I've been intending to do. However, I'm cautious about using the service since the information I will provide will virtually have all of the answers to the security questions that I often use at my banks. The first car, where was my first elementary school? Do you think this is a safe service to use or there's another tool that could help me accomplish this goal of capturing my life story? I hate to throw out this $99 gift, but I'm not sure whether I should trust the security of the service. Well, you're really excited about it and understand the risk is they get hacked, Brett. So that is a legitimate concern. But I think about how often people on social media where prying eyes can see everything post all kinds of information that works perfectly at being able to breach somebody's identity by being able to answer the challenge questions. So I don't worry as much in this case because the if then you're worried about is somebody being able to hack into the system that Storyworth has versus what people voluntarily give up all the time on social media that allows a criminal to answer challenge questions. If you want to really be cautious, you could use what you're learning there about how to build the story of your life and just do a Word document with whatever word processing you use. Does anybody still call it word processing? (laughs) Anyway, and do the same kind of thing for family members, not as well, but you could do it. I I would say just take the chance and do it. I've seen this book called 3,000 Questions About Me, and it's just like random questions, and it's just a book. Maybe it would be a nice idea to make maybe make a video of yourself answering these questions once a week, twice a week for your kids. Uh, this is from Doug in Georgia. Clark, Will you recommend when looking for a used car to widen your search for 500 miles or more? If I have to fly to a destination to purchase a used car, how would I find an independent mechanic of my choosing to inspect the car if I'm not familiar with anyone in that city or state? This is a great question. So what you do 
is whatever city it is you're thinking of buying a vehicle. And by the way, when I've talked about the 500 mile or more search, that's generally geared towards people buying new cars because there's such a difference right now with new car prices depending on shopping only in your local market or going, you know, 500 miles, 1,000 miles, however far you're willing to drive a new car back. With a used car, this is more difficult because the vehicle has history. Maybe good, maybe not. And you need a local diagnostic mechanic. Once upon a time, people used to go to eBay Motors. And on eBay Motors, uh, which is a subsite of eBay, you could find local diagnostic mechanics all around the country with searchable by zip code when you were trying to have a vehicle checked out before purchase. eBay doesn't seem to have that anymore. So now what you have to do is you have to go on Yelp in the zip code where you're thinking of buying or use a Google search or equivalent search engine and search for diagnostic automotive mechanics where that vehicle is. On Yelp, you'll see ratings. Hopefully, they're useful. On Google, you'll be able to find people. I remember when we bought a used Mercedes convertible years ago out of town, what we did was we searched for a repair shop, independent repair shop that just did Mercedes and BMW. And I called them, told them that we were looking at this out-of-market used convertible, and we wanted to have it checked out. And they said, well, this is something we routinely do, and we charge whatever it was. And so what I did was I flew into the market on the hope the vehicle would be okay, took it to the shop, they checked it out, and it checked out fine. We've now had that convertible for 13 years. We bought it used and have had it another 13 years. It checked out fine. We were lucky. Everything was great. And I paid them whatever it was. And so it worked out just fine. So not always is an independent diagnostic mechanic or an independent repair facility going to find an underlying problem that could be serious for your wallet. But many times they will, and you would avoid a problem that you would suffer from for a long time after. That's why you use the independent mechanic. And if anybody in the automotive industry has a better suggestion for that, I'd love for you to post it and let us know. And I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Remember what we're about, giving you ways to save more and spend less and avoid getting ripped off. If you want more information for your wallet, check out our newsletters. Go to clark.com slash newsletter or newsletters. Either one will get you there to see the free newsletters we have available for your wallet.